The Start On Demand. On demand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb together again for a couple of days, just as a winter storm is approaching. Blizzard warnings, winter storm warnings, blowing snow advisories. Oh my! A new machine being used in BC sanitizes grocery carts using UV light. And there is a Winnipeg connection to this device. Breakfast with the Bombers, Drew Wolitarski is releasing his first single this week. Red River College chef Gordon Bailey joins us with festive ideas on what to cook for smaller groups. And do you send Christmas cards? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, December 22nd podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. What is happening? All three of us are here. For a limited time only. Two days. Could, two days. That's, that's it, eh? Yeah. Until the new year, pretty much. I think so. Yeah. Because I, so uh, I'm off Christmas Eve, and then we're all off on Monday, the 28th. I'm working the 29th. Greg, are you working the 29th? I'm off the 29th and 30th. I'm making a guest appearance on New Year's Eve. And then, Loren, uh, you'll have a couple of days in there somewhere too, right? Yeah, I'm off the 31st. So, yeah, it's a mixed bag for the next little while, but it's nice to hear your guys' voices. How you been? I've been great. In fact, uh, I'm celebrating this morning because our loyal listener, Arthur Ellis, Arthur, thank you very much, sent us some beautiful Oral-B satin. <laughs> I love the satin t- uh, tooth floss. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Tooth floss. When you say it out loud, it doesn't sound right, tooth floss. <laughs> and uh, so I am just anticipating the luxury that beholds and awaits me when I get home because the satin stuff, it's it's premium and we don't always have this in our house, so I'm looking forward to flossing my teeth later on, courtesy of Arthur. So Merry Christmas to you, sir. Yeah, he sent us a Christmas card that says, uh, oh, hang on a second, I got a bunch of cards here. Cynthia Carr also sent us a Christmas card, epidemiologist Cynthia Carr. Uh, so thank you for that, Cynthia. But yes, uh, Arthur sent one that says, uh, to help brighten the smiles. And then there, there is a gift attached in this package, and I opened it up and just started laughing when I saw the two uh, packages of uh, It's of actually floss. dental dental floss. Yeah, I have the to word. say, <laughs> it's very, cu- what do you call it, tooth floss? I call so it fine. tooth floss. I think that's so sweet that he sent that, although I do think Greg's saying he look, he's looking forward to flossing his teeth is about the saddest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> hey, well, just yes. a statement like, oh, God, this that's just so indicative of this year. What are you going to do today? Well, sinking. Floss my Probably teeth. Put some pants on. And, well, yesterday, I don't know, I might floss my teeth. <laughs> well, yesterday, <laughs> I insisted that my driveway had better be in pristine condition by the time I get home, because the boys are off school, and so I was anticipating, and quite frankly, I demanded that the driveway be shoveled by the time I get home. And sure enough, it was done. They didn't even break out the snow thrower. They did it by hand. And Eve, who is out on snow clearing equipment this morning, wanted to know how my driveway turned out. So 
Yeah, that was the highlight of my day. So that's just the way it's going right now. I'm sore from the amount of shoveling yesterday. There was 90 minutes on the driveway at least. And then we have built this outdoor rink. And uh, then I was back out there with the kids to clear it off. I couldn't get over the snow. And it was technically light, easy to move stuff in theory. So Get ready. You ain't seen nothing yet. How's that? uh, The rink? Oh, she's a beauty. I mean, it's not big. I think it's probably like 20 by... 35 or something like that like, but it's a decent size for a backyard and the kids have been on it daily i've been on there fallen three four times so it's a bit of a humility exercise in humility but it's been good it's nice to have something i have i was I'm curious have you ever done the outdoor rink in your yard yeah we've uh not in the last few years because there was kids were always so busy right with activities and stuff but it's just the perfect year because we're it's it's pretty much the best way to get outside and know that we're all getting some good exercise. And so now the snow is here too. Uh, we were given snowshoes a couple of years ago by my in-laws and haven't really used them much because, the, you know, whenever we have time off, there's never been a lot of snow, which is usually this time of year. Snowshoes? Like, like snowshoes, yes. Like old-timey? Like I'm an intrepid like explorer. Cool. But they're not old-timey. They're like really cool and different and they click in. I'll take a picture and send them to you because okay. they... They're neat. They're not like the ones I had as a kid that looked like they came out of some cabin from the 1920s. Like they're they're neat, and they come. They have little great little slick walking poles, you know, so you can be that oh. person on the trail who has the walking pole. So is, they're like the aluminum frame yes. ones versus the big old fashioned looking tennis racket yes. things. Okay, yes, got it. There, that's what I was thinking of. It looked the old ones I used to have as a kid were tennis racket style. These ones are slick. I think I haven't really used them. So. Well, you might maybe after today you'll have the opportunity to use them because we have all manner of weather watches and warnings in effect for southern Manitoba, as Jeff Braun mentioned in Global News. We've got blizzard warnings in effect for areas south of Winnipeg from Morden to Steinbach. We've got a winter storm warning in effect for much of southern Manitoba. Winnipeg is under a blowing snow advisory and uh, it's going to be cold tomorrow morning cold uh, wind chill i think minus 30 ah wind chill minus 30 in the morning and minus 36 in the afternoon tomorrow terrific north wind up to 70 kilometers an hour that just sounds lovely sounds like christmas doesn't it christmas in manitoba as i said yesterday loren it's the kind of weather we expect when normally people are coming home from abroad and they come home and they're reminded why they moved away in the first place <laughs> I remember my sister a few years ago after we picked her up at the airport one Christmas and was like, she's like, what is this place? As the snow was blowing across the highway. And I'm like, you grew up here. You're from here. She's like, yeah, I had forgotten. (laughs) It's like wind howled in the windows. But the the weird part about it being cold is normally I don't mind that at Christmas because it's that time of year where you like to hunker down and have that excuse to stay stay inside and not do anything. Except that's all I've been doing for months now. So... Uh, I don't like the wind chill in the warnings. Hey, by the way, on the subject of Christmas cards, at 645, we're going to have a conversation about that for your chance to win the Canadians Winter Wonderland Car Pass. We want you to text us at 204-780-6868. Do you like getting Christmas cards? Do you like the Christmas letter? Or maybe you've had a received a funny Christmas card, like today we got the, the dental floss with our card from Arthur. Shoot us a text, 204-780-6868. What is this? What? It's got a picture on the text machine from our friend Wade. He's no friend. It's green grass and leaves on the ground. I think, is Wade in Nova Scotia? 
Uh, he listens in Nova Scotia, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Well, thanks a lot, Wade. Really appreciate that. Merry Christmas, it says. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I just That's got, like a nice Christmas card. It was the photo of where he's from, where yeah, he's been. Yeah. Treat oh, it like a Christmas card. It'll no, I'm treating it as a little bit of a ha-ha-ha is the way I'm treating it. But thanks, Wade. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. It just caught me off guard. Yeah, he is. Uh, looks like he is in Nova Scotia. So, well, hey, good. doesn't Nova Scotia get hammered, though, by a uh, major? winter storms oh usually later in the year i think yeah yes okay yeah well we'll, we're marking this down right oh oh, are you putting him on the list wade you made the list (laughs) (laughs) okay so greg is gonna carry that grudge and when nova scotia gets pounded by a blizzard Greg is going to call out Wade and say, hey, you remember December 22nd when you were (laughs) laughing at us? Mm -hmm. Well, now we're laughing at you. Payback, baby. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, some 1,200 healthcare workers will be immunized against COVID-19 this week, 300 more than the province originally expected. Yeah, the increase is due to the fact that immunizers have been able to draw six doses of the vaccine from each vial instead of the expected five. That's the key because we know supplies of the vaccine, at least in these early weeks, are extremely limited, which is perhaps why... This next story stands out, Loren. It comes from the Winnipeg Free Press, which has learned that as many as nine doses of the vaccine ended up in the trash at the end of the first day of immunizations after a clinic manager ordered unused vaccine be discarded. Yeah, it might stand out or it might even frustrate some, depending on where you sit with this. According to the Free Press, which is quoting sources with knowledge of the situation, there was this vial that was opened near the end of that first day, that first day of immunizations last week, and it was ordered open by a WRHA manager. But apparently there were public health nurses nurses that actually raised concerns about the opening of this vial because the clinic was nearing closing hours. And if folks don't know this now, they will soon learn that the Pfizer vaccine, it really has strict protocols when it comes to storage. We know it has to be kept at certain temperatures. And then once it's opened, it has to be injected within five hours of being prepared for use. And so the Free Press says as a result of opening that final vial when the clinic closed at 8.30 p.m., Nine prepared doses were unused. Quote, nurses offered to stay without pay to locate and vaccinate eligible people, but the manager ordered the doses be thrown out. And then the article goes on to say there were several public health nurses in the building who already had appointments to be vaccinated later in the week, but instead that vaccine was tossed away. Yeah, you know, you don't want to, uh, with limited information, although there is extensive amount of information, not only what you just read, but even more in the Free Press article from Melissa Martin, and you don't want to out anyone that's trying to do their job but gee whiz like this is a sensitive issue and this is valuable this is like gold i was watching uh, one of the news networks in the states as the moderna vaccine was rolled out yesterday and the doctor was holding a couple of boxes and he says this in my mind is worth more than bricks of gold and so when you translate that into nine available vaccination shots. I I think that's the way most of us are looking at that, that vial and those doses that went unused, Loren. I think there has to be 
you know, allowances for a learning curve here. Perhaps, you know, it's lesson learned and hopefully a story like this doesn't emerge again. You know, should the manager have listened to the people that were in that room and mm-hmm. giving advice? Yeah, maybe. We don't know. You know, like you said, there's maybe more to the story to be learned in the hours ahead. I'd like to thank benefit of the doubt. A mistake was made. Hopefully chalk it up to an accident, Brett. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, all three back together again for a couple of days. And in our next segment, we're going to be talking about Christmas cards. Do you like getting them? Do you like sending them? Ever get a funny Christmas card? Or what about the Christmas letter? Shoot us a text at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a car pass for Canadian's Winter Wonderland. Now, Alan, listener Alan, sent us an email this morning, and the email reads simply, I'm sending this instead of a Christmas card this year, and it's... uh, it's a video file, and it reads, This year I am not sending Christmas cards. Instead, I have played Ave Maria on my flute and recorded it just for you. Sit back and enjoy getting in the mood. Merry Christmas. So here we go. Just got to turn this on. All right. I think it kicks in in just a second here. Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, listen to those dulcet tones of the flute. <laughs> so heartwarming. Oh, that's good, Alan. <laughs> so there, that's a funny Christmas card. <laughs> so thank you, Alan. If you have any further examples of that, text us 204-780-6868. Also, uh, Loren, before we talk more about the weather, I understand Angus Reed has unveiled some uh, interesting results. Yeah, one of the questions they asked, this is the non-profit Angus Reed Institute, they asked people what they are most looking forward to when, if life sort of makes that return to normal. So there was three things that they were, were looking forward to. The most were just looking ahead to doing their daily routine without worry of the virus. Uh, you know, hugs, pecks on the cheek and handshakes, shakes that came second, so closer physical content. And then, of course, international travel, 42%. That's the third highest. So just basically people are looking forward to normalcy of some sort should this vaccine make a difference should COVID eventually leave our lives and I think that's fascinating that travel is rated up so high so many people thinking of travel lower on the list Greg you noted was sports only 10% of people looking forward to the resumption of professional sports uh, to watch Greg, you got to turn your mic on. Yeah, I realize that now. <laughs> uh, at least in terms of their highest uh, rated or one of their highest rated activities they're looking forward to. So that would be a little bit concerning for me if I owned a sports team or was running a sports league. And it says here about physical contact, hugging people, shaking hands, etc. Do you think shaking hands is ever coming back, Brett McGarry? I hope it does. I miss a uh, simple handshake. Um, I miss hugs. So yeah, I, I if if once we get through this, if people are okay with the handshake, I am all in on the handshake. Yeah, I I just want people to not step away from me. You start to feel like you know when you get too cl- like you, that person comes to the door, like even the delivery guy with the packages or the post 
uh, delivery person and they leave so quickly, right? Because they don't want to be in anyone's space. And it's such an odd feeling to open your door and they're already kind of racing down the drive. like, okay, thanks. Like just even the idea of to not be nervous about that. I look forward to it. Just put the pizza on the step. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it on the door and keep the change. Um, what's that? Home Alone? You filthy animal? Oh, that's just what we do at our house now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I put, I scramble for a mask. I put a mask on, and then I said, "You can leave the pizza on the door on the step if you want." Oh, wow. and then on Sunday there were guys out delivering. We got two packages on Sunday, and I stood on the step for about three minutes waiting for the driver, the Canada Post driver, to come back to his seat so I could wave to him to thank him and acknowledge his hard work. But it, it never happened. Is so. Uh, anyway, uh, all the Canada Post workers out there, all the delivery uh, drivers, uh, just frantically trying to get everybody their gifts. Uh, shout out to them this morning. And speaking of someone who is working hard today, global weather specialist Kayla Evans joining us live on 680 CJOB this morning. Kayla, having a hard time, I imagine, making heads or tails of all of the various warnings out there right now. Yeah, we made a, oh, it's a whole bunch of purple and pink when you're on TV. So we're talking blizzard warnings. We're talking blowing snow advisories, winter storm warnings. We've got all of it going on this morning is what we're waking up to. So give us a little bit of detail first. Let's start maybe south of the city because uh, Brett sent me an email around 4.30, I want to say, Brett, where it said blizzard warnings were in place for, you know, the Morden, Altona, Morris area. That's shifted slightly or changed a bit? We're still looking at the brunt of it kind of hitting just south of the city and then kind of up through us in Winnipeg and towards the Beauxjour area. So communities there, the blizzard is the tricky thing because that's when you're seeing the really heavy snowfall combined with the blowing, drifting snow. You can't see very far for very long in front of you. So reduced visibilities if you don't have to head out today. Uh, please don't, really anywhere, but especially if you're going to be south of the city. That's where we're expecting the wind gusts to be the strongest from the north around 60, 70 kilometers an hour. Uh, here for us, as well as our friends in Brandon Verdon, I mean, blowing snow advisories are still serious, but we are kind of the lesser of the three evils going on, if you could say it that way. Uh, just looking at very heavy blowing, drifting snow as we get through the later part of the day. So here in Winnipeg, most models right now showing about five centimeters for us during the day. And our wind, not too bad for most of the afternoon from the northeast around 30. But as we get into the later part of the day, the evening, the overnight, that's when we're expecting our wind to really pick up uh, around 70 clicks. And then kind of everybody else under those winter storm warnings right now, uh, again, travel going to be pretty dangerous as we do move through the day. Kayla, I'm looking at the national weather radar right now, and Brett pointed this out to me this morning. This is a monster storm. It's touching southeastern Manitoba, essentially the Red River Valley, all the way to the foothills of the Rockies right now. This has just been incredible. Yesterday watching our friends, I mean, I got snowed in yesterday, so I was able to watch kind of coast-to-coast the system move through. Uh, BC getting hit, our friends in Calgary getting hit, into Saskatchewan. Now it's our turn today. Uh, They're still calling the heavier kind of worst-case scenario 25 to 30 centimeters of snow by the time this kind of clears out. That's a really thick band. That's what's bringing it all uh, by the time this kind of clears out tomorrow afternoon. And it's going to be cold tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. And then even colder, of course, because you know what follows a big storm, right? Lots of sunshine and really cold temperatures. So tonight, uh, most of us going to feel close to minus 30. Tomorrow, still hanging out between minus 15, minus 20 around the region. 
And then we hit Thursday. I mean, it's going to be sunny, but it's going to be cold. Most of us between minus 20 and minus 25. Global weather specialist Kayla Evans joining us live on 680 CJOB. Kayla, thank you for this. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. And Kayla, of course, is on Global News Morning weekdays from 6 to 9. Our question of the day, by the way, at CJOB.com from yesterday. Are you happy? We finally have a decent amount of snow on the ground. Question of the day, by the way, is brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. We had three options. One of them was, yes, white Christmas. 48% voted for that. We threw in another one. Yes, I depend on snow for my job. Uh, just 1.72% answering that one at cjob.com. And the other 51% said, no, I hate it. Not, not even for a little bit? You gotta like it for a little bit. I get, I, although I have to say, entering an hour two of shoveling, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna approach that limit way earlier this year where you just decide to drive over the snow rather than clear it. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, I'll just pack it down with the car. It's You're fine. already there, huh? <laughs> I was thinking, I would, well, no, I finished the driveway, then someone <laughs> yelled out from the neighboring yard, there's more on the way tomorrow. And I shook my fist like an angry, old man at cloud and then i uh <laughs> decided i would probably hit my threshold a lot earlier than usual when i owned a house uh the, i remember the first time i cleared the driveway it was uh you know it was there was room for four cars to park in this driveway and i think it took me like two and a half hours to shovel it and i thought i did not expect this when i bought this place and i it, it got it got to that point where i was doing the pack down thing to the point where <laughs> when i had friends over they couldn't even get their car Onto the driveway. <laughs> there was a, like I could get off. I could like get low up. hanging. Yeah, it was just it was it was it was too high, uh, because I was too lazy to clear the snow. When I started dating Jackie, she lived on her own. Her mail service was suspended because she didn't do a good enough job of shoveling her front sidewalk. So, well, so uh, there listen, you go. I had a post uh, a delivery just the other day, and he said, "Hey, if you don't mind on CJOB, can you remind people to clear their walk? Yes. It's dangerous for us to come up." And also, he said, "Can we be kind? We're working as fast as we can right now." So, two things that aren't uh, bad tips this morning. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. As we mentioned earlier this morning, we got a Christmas card from loyal listener Arthur, and it says, to help brighten the smiles. And there was a little gift wrapped, attached in the package, and it was two packs of Oral-B satin floss. So thank you very much for that, Arthur. Actually, I got to work today to a whole whack of Christmas cards, so I have thanks to go, that go out to uh, Cynthia Carr, epidemiologist, who's been so vital to our coverage of COVID-19 for the last several months. Uh, you have one here as well, Loren, from Cynthia. Uh, I got one from CHTV from the Children's Hospital for, the, for popping by during I Love to read month to see no name which is always fun and uh even my friends over at uh global news radio 770 chqr because i talk to them every friday morning to do some couch potato stuff so it's it was nice i admit I, i'm ter- I, yeah like i'm i do not send christmas cards and i f- it, and now that i hold this stack in my hand i feel guilty oh i was putting mine you know get the, the photos from families, right? They did their family photo and then they send it in the mail. Or so, Lately, a lot of people have been just dropping them off on the front step just because the mail is taking its time and it's something to do. And I've got them covered across the piano and all I can think is how much I like them. And then I'm like, why don't I ever do this? I've never, ever sent one out, but I love getting them. 
I'm the same way. I feel terrible every time I open one because I bet you it's been 15 years since I sent out any sort of list of Christmas cards, even amongst my siblings. When uh, we usually get together, my brothers are really good at doing up cards and um, I just always forget or I don't do it. And I do, I love, in fact, I texted my buddy in Calgary the other day. I said, oh, one of the highlights at Christmas, I got the family picture and really it brightened my day and I even texted him I said I was worried we haven't been reciprocating and I was worried that we were going to get cut from your list and he said don't worry you'll always be on the list so that 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 made my made my day on the subject of the family picture though and we'll bring in Jeff Braun and Kelly Moore and Jeff Forte here in a moment but on the subject of the family picture it, it is nice to get the family pictures and to watch everyone's kids grow up but there's there is a small part of me that when I get those I think ah oh, yeah sure you look at your perfect family and how successful you are in your personal life why don't you just shove it so well, that's anyway. why don't you remember a few years ago there was the single cards that were going out and like the whole like posing by yourself or like just grabbing a dog like a neighbor neighbor's dog and taking a picture (laughs) because it became a thing like hang on i've got a life too just because there's no children in it would you like to see me pose next yeah or just (laughs) pose next to your prized possession like your new golf bag or something oh yes yes and i posted uh video of that on my own personal instagram this morning at brett mcgarry i because i got the bag personalized so it says brat so that when I, you know, whenever I make a lousy shot, which is most of them, and I go back to my bag and put the club in, my bag is yelling at me, Brett, what are you doing? <laughs> All right, Kelly Moore, Christmas cards. Uh, you know what? For years and years, we used to put the old tinsel from one side of the wall to the other and hang them up there. And then sometimes on a real busy year, you'd have to string a second line of tinsel. And the other thing that uh, my wife always does this, which I really appreciate, she'll she'll write a, a quick letter, just kind of uh, quickly uh, recapping how the year has gone for us and, and that sort of thing. So it's always a nice catch up. I, I, I kind of like it. Just call me old fashioned, I guess. Ron or Jeff, you can call me old. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same as Kelly. I love getting that sort of thing, uh, and I don't send any out myself either. And uh, I, I put mine up on the fridge, and usually it's uh, like a, a simple swap from the la- the one from last year, which is still on the fridge. And I take a little second and like, oh, my buddy's uh, lost a bit of hair and gained a bit of weight, so that's what he's done this year, and you can sort of tell. <laughs> and sometimes if they send the letter, I, I, I proofread the letter and. I just I roll my eyes at the spelling mistakes and that sort of thing. I don't know why I do that, but I sort of charitable of you in this holiday dream. season. And I think wow. should I should I email them in case I can stop them from mailing more of these out with that? Do you actually mark them like, up and then you should uh, give them a grade and send it back? Uh, <laughs> that is a terrific idea. I might actually do that. Yeah, I you could just send it back it. with a brat. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did that, by the way, once at, uh, I'm bringing it back to Taco Bell, Loren. Uh, we got a new manager. Her name was Angie, and she put up this uh, really pleasant note uh, at the back saying, you know, we, we had to get together and have a chat. She wanted to get to know us all. And one of my buddies, because it was just riddled with spelling mistakes. <laughs> so my buddy, like, circled all of the spelling mistakes and gave her, like, a 6 out of 10. No. And, uh... <laughs> Is that his last shift? <laughs> Almost. Yeah, she was bet. steaming, steaming mad. Forte, what about you? I love getting Christmas cards. One of the things is, though, is that do you throw them out? Because I feel guilty if I throw them out, but do you save them? Why do you save them? Uh, it's it's such a it's, it's it's a pickle. That's what it, it there is. Is something about throwing the photo in the garbage can, right? Because it's staring up at you. You're like, all right, till next year. And <laughs> How you can just you sort of feel guilty out? about it. I usually keep 
Come several on. Several of them. But sometimes they're But why are you going to keep you know, them? Well, because they're a keepsake. It's right there in the title. Keepsake. Designate a drawer in the kitchen, toss them in there every five years, clean out the drawer and start afresh. Yeah, well, you're going to throw them out anyhow. Why keep, you know, why keep... Give it a few years, though, just so you don't feel as bad when you do it. (laughs) I do wish people would get back more to putting a letter within the card, though, so you could hear a bit about it, because they're all so funny, right? Like, we used to joke in our family, we could tell who was mom's favorite that year based on how the letter was written. You know, like, why did did she get seven lines? Oh, so she did better than we would joke around and read it in my oh. mom's voice and now Robert <laughs> I'd be like uh oh <laughs> I got one words the, here I oh. got one the other day it's usually two pages long things didn't really go very well in this family <laughs> this past year it was five sentences yeah. <laughs> Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. Winnipeg Blue Bombers fans are anxiously anticipating what happens as we head towards an anticipated 2021 CFL season. Also anxious to repeat a word are the 30-plus pending free agents who wore blue and gold during the 2019 Grey Cup Championship season. One of the players' names you won't see on the free agent list is this man performing his song, Standing Still. Now they want and the children are fearful The masks we put on They tug at our faces till the strangers are gone In a nation divided by blood and by race When we're all born So that guitar playing and that voice is the voice of Drew Walatarski, and he's hoping this week you might add him to your playlist, and we're pleased to welcome him on the start this morning. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, guys. This is the earliest I've woken up in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I I, want to ask you more about your music, but I need to pick up off that. So some sleeping in is kind of the norm. Are we talking right to noon, Drew, or...? Oh, definitely not. No, I'm only eight thirty. <laughs> honestly, it's not that much different. <laughs> uh, that's I, it's hard to do. The older you get, the harder it is to sleep in, no matter how bad you want it. But you know, no, we, we totally true. We've spoken to you before about your music, Drew, and I think you know a lot of us have done different things with our spare time during COVID. I don't know how many yeah. of us have put together uh, a record that we're planning to drop in the next twenty four hours. So, how, how did this all come about that it went from this pastime to an actual? putting this out for the masses um so first i just want to say it's just a single it's not gonna be a whole album i don't want to get people's hopes up but (laughs) yes uh, music will be coming out this year which is cool and um you know i've I've been in the works trying to do this and i think that life just kind of stopped me before and i I mean that like I, i try to do it you know and kind of rush it and it just wasn't happening you know like it wasn't the sound that I uh, that I felt was right, and so this year I, I came back 
you know, anticipating this season, but also was like, you know, if there's not going to be a season, I'm going to use this time to really um, dive into this music. And so, again, there wasn't a season, so I'm like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this. And so, you know, I was meeting with some people and, like, meeting great musicians and, and working with them in the studios. Um, but just, it, like, wasn't happening, you know? Like, nothing was felt right. And, you know, not it's not any discredit to them, but I think that I had a very specific sound in my head. And so, again, Code Red hit. So now I couldn't go to the studios. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm sick of waiting. I'm sick of, like trying to find the right sound. I'm just going to learn how to do this. So I go out, I buy a, a MacBook. Um, I buy this digital software. Um, I buy mics. I buy all these little instruments. And I just set up in my house and I start learning, you know, how to mix and produce. Um, and then, you know, sign up for this engineer course and just learn. It's a brand new instrument. So I'm just kind of learning how to do it. And, over those two months, I was able to, you know, learn and practice and then put together my own music. And now I'm so glad I did because um, I'm really finding my own sound and and uh, and I can do it from, from my house, right? So I, I can create my own stuff. And it's been really fun and it's kept me sane through all this, which I think is a huge benefit of, all, of it all. So I'm excited to share it. It's going to be really fun. So tell us uh, what inspired you uh, for this song. What was behind it? So the song is called Everybody, and that song is split into two things. Um, and the song is it's kind of a playful, it has playful lyrics, but I think it speaks on a deeper level. And um, the word everybody is divided because it's kind of a song of our current climate. And it's a song of everybody's in it together, but also feeling very single, uh, very alone, I guess. Um, just because of the, the nature of this quarantine and everyone preaching, well, we're all in this together, you know, we can do this together. Um, but also, you know, having our individual consciousness um, and, and to make our own choices and to make, um, you know, uh, intra- uh, to, to make choices that will better serve us and our whole community. So it's kind, of, it's kind of an interesting tune about, you know, coming together, but also having your individual mindset and coming out of this with, with new perspective and, uh, and kind of choosing how to how to come out of this and, and change and and uh, build a better life for you and your community. So it's this kind of cool embodiment of your individual self along with everybody else. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a cool tune, and I don't really know how else to explain it. But I just say go listen to it, and it'll make sense to you. I yeah. hope it'll be available on Spotify tomorrow. Sorry, Drew. Drew Walatarski is our guest this morning on Breakfast with the Bombers and, and Drew confessing to us this, this is a little bit early for him. Now, last year about this time, Drew, I'm pretty sure we caught up with you in Lake Tahoe and we spoke in the afternoon and replayed the, the conversation the following morning. And I think you were prepping for a trip to Italy, if memory serves. Where are we catching up with you this morning? Man, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> Doesn't it, though? I'm in Win- yeah, that sounds amazing. Wow. I'm in Winnipeg. I'm actually um, just uh, near the Seine River. I, I think that's what the river's called, by that kind of nice uh, natural park area, the trees and the forest. Um, well, yeah, waking up in the 204, man. That is fantastic. And definitely, 
Italy is not in the foresight anytime soon, which is unfortunate. But um, that was a good trip the last year at Tahoe, man. That was good snowboarding. If you haven't gone, I really would recommend that's a spot you got to check out. So is Winnipeg home base for you now, Drew, at least for the foreseeable future? You know, COVID aside, is this uh, where you've decided to, to put down some roots, at least temporarily? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm here. I just signed a year lease, and as long as I'm with Golden Blue, man, I don't see a reason to really uh, leave. So I think I'm making some good connections here musically and uh, football-wise. I think I've met some great people. And so, you know, I don't really have too much going on in L.A. I mean, my family's there, and I love to go visit, but, you know, I don't want to buy any property out there. It's it's crazy. I have and, to ask um, then, is this your first Winnipeg winter then, Drew? This is my first Winnipeg winter. Yeah. I just and had to definitely point that out because Christmas. we've got, and yeah, well, we've got blizzard warnings out today. Cool. So I just want you to be aware of that as you, as you venture out yeah. this morning. You know what? And anyone listening, if you guys have any mechanic that will do a engine block heater, please reach out <laughs> to me. Uh, maybe you can find my email or just hit me up on Instagram or something because I actually really need one. My car will barely start the last couple of days, so I'm a little bit worried. Oh, boy. And it's going to get brutal cold yeah. uh, for oh, the next couple of days. Tomorrow is, wow. Yeah. Just let it run, Drew. That's all you can do. Just let it run. <laughs> all night. <laughs> Drew Olatarski joining yeah. us live yeah. on 680 CJOB. Breakfast with the Bombers. Drew, thank you so much for the time. No worries, guys. Thanks. And once again, his first single, Everybody, drops tomorrow. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Keep those text messages coming on Christmas cards at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a car pass for Canadian's Winter Wonderland. And that is actually the question of the day at cjob.com. Brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca call 204-987-6890. Question is, do you send Christmas cards? Yes, with a letter. Yes, with a picture. Yes, just a card. Or nope. Cast your vote, cjob.com. We've also thrown it up on Twitter at 680 CJOB. In case you missed it earlier, Loren McNabb, Angus Reed uh, revealed something rather interesting today. Well, how often have you had this conversation, you know, even just with yourself or amongst friends where you say, I can't wait to when this is all over. And so that's basically the question Angus Reed posed to 1600 Canadians asking, what do you want to do when it's over? If COVID either, you know, diminishes or the vaccine starts to take effect or what have you. And there was basically three uh, choices that led the running here all in and around 42, 43, 44% of respondents. So the first one was doing regular things in the community without stress. The second choice uh, that came out second uh, for folks was physical contact, like hugging or shaking hands. And then the third choice for people was traveling internationally. And they all got in about 40% of the polling results. And then, of course, there was things, Brett, like dining in at restaurants or getting together with older people that I haven't been able to or even traveling around Canada. And then a lot lower on the list with just 13% of people, they said they were excited to go to concerts, 10% excited to go see uh, some live sporting events, and 11%, this might be something you feel, Brett, are excited about going to movie theaters when they can again. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that. I would love to go see a movie again, although as a single guy, 
who lives alone, there's uh, something else that uh, jumps to the top yeah. of mind that I can't really get into on the I radio. Think we just call that physical contact, do we not? Just sure. That's sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's go with that. Greg, were you surprised by the the ten percent for live sports being the live sportsing fan? I actually am surprised that it's that low because I think, well, at least I was under the impression or believing that a lot of people had that very close to the top of their list. So uh, the fact that it's at 10% for people as a priority is a little bit bothersome. Like I said, if I owned or operated a sports team, I might be bothered or concerned by that. But two things, other things that jumped out for me, Manitoba residents are most excited to get together with older people. They have been unable to see. That was 35% of Manitobans saying that where the uh, national average was a little bit under that amount. And if I own a restaurant, I'm very encouraged because 32% just under those top three choices is dining in at restaurants. So if you are hanging on and we're hopeful that a lot of you are based on the, the curbside pickup and the delivery, some of the numbers that we're hearing from the restaurant industry and how people are supporting that, keep hanging on because... People are, are really looking forward to getting back into restaurants. Yeah, I would just love to go to grab a beer with a friend and well, eat it's something. the spontaneity, right, Brett? Like you, it's not even just about the, the being open and going into. It's about not having to pause and think about what can I do right now. Yeah, exactly. You can just wander down the street and, and pick something. But now you got to kind of do your research on what you want to get for takeout. And even though you can still get to enjoy the food, it's just not the same as being there. We are asking you at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win a car pass for Canadians Winter Wonderland at Red River Exhibition Park. Text us a story about Christmas cards. Do you like getting them? Do you like sending them? Do you like the Christmas letter? You ever get a funny Christmas card? Rob says, I fill out 150 plus cards. Kind of lying. My wife does. My handwriting is terrible. <laughs> That's like saying I uh, mailed out uh, 150 wedding invitations. No, I didn't. And Loren, you're a big fan of the uh, the, the Christmas uh, Facebook post, are you not? Well, I was just saying that the Christmas letter, you know, that so many people send out can sometimes be like a modern version of the Christmas Facebook post, which is sometimes it's a bit, you know, not all full truths, right? You're trying to clock, you're trying to go over the best of the year of what happened within your family. And so sometimes when you get them, you're like, oh, I don't know, is this an accurate depiction of what went on there? Because like everybody, when you post things uh, to social media, you're often showing more of the good than mm. than the bad, right? You're not, uh, yeah, maybe it's the humble brags or pictures of your kids behaving. We got some great photos from different listeners this morning about their Christmas cards, and I love them. They're more, they're, one of them was from a family who, they called it naughty or nice or were more naughty than nice, and it had that photo of the kids all misbehaving and the mom kind of covering the, her face with her hand going, oh gosh, help us. And that to me is an accurate photo because that, that moment is not always picture perfect, right? Yeah, and someone pointed out as well, they said, uh, because I made the comment about, I like getting the family pictures, but there is a small part of me that says, I'll take your perfect family pictures and shove it. You know, you don't need to rub your success in my face. And uh, someone said, hey, those those family pictures, capturing that perfect moment Mm -hmm. takes a lot of work. And they pointed to Malcolm in the middle. Uh, Apparently they did a Christmas uh, card picture episode. And I'm sure 
remember, I don't remember that moment, but I remember that show, and I'm sure that was absolute carnage trying to get those kids to behave. What's the song? One moment in time, that's all it is? Yeah. <laughs> and, and another one of our listeners says, send about 10 Christmas cards out a far cry from days long gone when we had cards decorating the living room. I can remember my mom putting the string basically from the front of the living room to the back of it, and it would be filled with cards hanging over that string by the time December 23rd or 24th rolled around. It's also I love the cards. I love the photos. I, I don't, whether they're good or bad, I love them all. Yeah, I should really do a Christmas card to where uh, I saw somebody once where they, they like me, there is a single person, and but they took a picture of themselves in like all of the seats at the, the dining room table. They superimposed <laughs> themselves in six different positions, that's and awesome. one of them was face down with a glass, a bottle of wine in their nice. hand. So, yeah, that sounds like something I should investigate. So keep those texts coming for your chance to win. Also answer our question of the day, cjob.com, on the subject of Christmas cards. Do you send them? Shopping carts are mandatory in most large grocery stores right now as a means of implementing physical distancing, as well as a means of just of controlling the number of shoppers in a store. Those carts need to be wiped down and disinfected between uses until now. Yeah, this is really cool. A Victoria area grocery store is the first in Canada to implement this new COVID-19 fighting technology, which has helping to keep its shopping carts clean. It's in the store Quality Foods, and it's installed what it's calling the Clean Cart Machine at its View Royal location in Victoria. And it gives the carts a blast of UV light, which provides 99.9% disinfection. Global's Kylie Stanton explains. Approximately 300 people a day use this machine. The whole process only takes 20 seconds. Now that's just enough time to sanitize your hands and pretty much equivalent to grabbing a bunch of wipes and scrubbing down the handlebars. The difference is, inside here, every inch of the cart is being cleaned. And for many shoppers, it's time well spent to have some peace of mind. You know for sure that it's clean before you come in when you've got this. Awesome. Great. According to a customer survey, the clean cart was given a 4.43 out of 5 rating for increasing the feeling of safety provided by quality foods. 100% of respondents said they appreciated being able to sanitize their own cart prior to entering the store. This seems like a terrific idea, and of course, it has a Winnipeg connection. Chad Kuehler is operations leader for special products, pro, pardon me, projects at PCL. Good morning, Chad. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, you're more than welcome, and thank you for bringing this to market. So how does this machine, do we call it a machine? I always like the word, when you're talking about an invention, a contraption device. Let's call it a device. How does it work? Device, uh, device works fine. Uh, basically, um, to shorten the story, we uh, we did a, a solid hunt for the right specific technology to put in, and what we landed on was this um, specific UV lamp developed by a company called Sterile Ray. So I've had a uh, let's call it a ten month course in ultraviolet education and microbiology, which has been interesting nonetheless. But this uh, the specific UV lamp has a has a different UV wavelength uh, different than most so it's actually not harmful to uh, people's skin or their eyes and it doesn't degrade the surfaces it touches too and it's actually a lot more potent for deactivating those nasty bugs so basically we spent about seven months with uh, a laboratory in um, uh, in maryland and infected shopping carts and tested it and set up our machine over and over again and 
um, infected it with COVID all over where we could. And that's what uh, what led to the specific location of the lights in there, the timing, how we control it. But basically, it's uh, we call it the portal, the pure portal. And you you can take the shopping cart in there. It registers a code that we placed on the shopping cart, and then it runs through its cycle. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. It's so cool, Chad, because I think, too, you know, I think of my own experience. I like to have the cart there for the distancing, but then you have to have faith that the cart's being disinfected properly or that the store has the staff to do that, you know, the, the right kind of disinfectant. There's all sorts of questions that go through your head. And it also has me thinking about all the things we weren't thinking about eight months ago when it when it comes to pre-pandemic life. And now here we are in this kind of new world. How did this relationship begin between you at PCL Construction and Sterile Ray to, to bring this all together? Oh boy! Uh, thank goodness for the internet. That's all I can say. Uh, we got, we've got. Um, I think during the pandemic, everybody has taken a deep, hard look at what kind of skill sets they have, and our, our company did the same. You know, we have a lot of skills about managing, coordinating, and uh, solving problems. So uh, we're great at solving problems, and we went searching for the right problems to solve. Which, which one helped our customers the most, and our and ourselves, and that was surface sanitation. So. Just basically internet searches and research, internet searches, and then uh, reaching out. And we've developed a wonderful relationship with uh, with Sterile Ray uh, over the last ten months, and uh, it's it's really worked out. We've been able to be innovative together on that. We also understand that the clean cart machine can also be used to clean shopping baskets or even a shopper's groceries in the cart, so long as they're exposed to the UV radiation. Are there any other uses that you might be imagining for this device? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, um, I love uh, innovation and creativity, and it's, it's almost uh, endless. I look at all the things that I would love my, uh, my kids not to have to worry about touching, especially going to school. Um, we've got ways to alter it to do knapsacks. You can do baggage if you want at an airport, um, library books. You know, they have that little quarantine place. When you try to go to the library, you can't touch them for a week. Does that really do anything? I don't know. At least I've hung around with the science long enough to know that this actually does what it says it's going to do. Which uh, So whatever you can put into it is, is, uh, is what, it'll, what it'll clean as long as the, the light touches the surface. So, Chad, uh, maybe I neglected this uh, at the beginning here because I've seen it on television. Maybe you could, uh, in radio language, paint us a picture with regard to what this device looks like. How big is it? And is there a possibility of scaling it larger or smaller uh, for uh, for other uses? Um, absolutely. Okay. Let's let's see how well I can use my words today. Um, picture a um, an aluminum tunnel. It's a white aluminum tunnel. It's about three and a half feet wide, four and a half feet tall, and roughly five feet deep. So um, just big enough to fit a shopping cart in it. And it's a bit modular, just basically how we built it. So it's smooth on the outside and it has uh, specific shiny reflective uh, surfaces on the inside. Think of it um, maybe like a big easy bake oven. One side of it's open and the other side of it's closed for the one you see on the TV. Um, we do have, uh, you can bolt these things together, you know, make them longer so you can run a whole bunch of carts through if you want or a whole bunch of shuttles at an airport. So it's um, it's a bit like uh, Lego in that way. And, that's, uh, and then we have the brains that sit on top. You can't see it, it's under the hood, but uh, that's where all the magic happens to control the lights too. Well done, so- I would say you get a pass. <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm, I'm curious now, you talked about the other uses you see for it. Have, what kind of phone calls have you guys been getting between yourselves and Sterile Ray on the demand? You know, it's in this grocery store in BC. Who else is trying to get in on this now? Well, we have um, we have other. Um, we're we're just finalizing our proof of concept phase and, and mass production piece, but we have some other proof of concepts out in uh, in Canada, another one on the west coast, and then we have some in the southern U.S. And um, you know, there's a there's a baseball camp that's shown interest because they go through uh, and have to sanitize a thousand baseballs every hour. Um, something I wouldn't think about, but you know, we can modify the inside to sanitize baseballs. Um, what a, geez, I, um, I've got a list, an ongoing list, but it uh, it seems to be fairly endless. That's for sure. There's uh, the first time we had the news story coming. There was actually a distributor that contacted us from Europe. Uh, we're not quite ready for that. We just uh, we want to get this right and and make sure it does uh, does what people need it to do first. But um, always open to trying to do new things. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, when you mentioned the baseball, and immediately I think golf balls and golf carts. Um, especially at a, at a driving range at a place like the golf dome, for example, they could probably use something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, um, I, I think I selfishly want to try to get it in, uh, in place in schools and stuff. So I know the tablets my kids are using or the books they use kind of go get cleaned or the backpacks that come in and out. I know, um, I've got, uh, we've got a, a machine set up here in Winnipeg that I, uh, I can now test and play with. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bringing as much stuff as I can to, to sanitize it before I take it home, that's for sure. Chad Kuehler, he's operations lead for special projects at PCL. We know them for, for building giant buildings, but they've uh, created this incredible invention, and I suspect we're going to see it a lot more place, places really soon. Chad, thanks for taking some time to describe it and uh, give us some insight into the innovation that is this clean cart machine. You're more than welcome. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, we got to give away that car pass based on your texts on Christmas cards at 204-780-6868. We have time to read two, the winner and a runner-up. Loren, you pointed out uh, one that came in just before 9 o'clock here. Ooh, and now I have to find it, so give me 30 seconds. Oh, it's, it's in our script. Oh, wasn't that handy if I just paid attention? You know what? Just came off holidays. So some of the texts that I like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to pretend like that's just because I came off holidays, right? That's never happened to me before. I'm no, always on the never. ball. Uh, this listener texted in to say, hey, guys, this isn't so much about Christmas cars, but more related to how times have changed, like how Christmas cards aren't so popular anymore. A few years ago, we asked my grandfather, who was in his 90s at the time and grew up extremely poor in both Germany and Ukraine. We asked him what the biggest technological change was since he was a boy. Was it color TVs, cars, etc.? He sat and thought for a second and then said, I remember when we used to put candles in your Christmas tree. Can wow. you imagine? And yes, I knew that used to be a thing, but I, you know, I'm nervous leaving the lights on sure. when they're plugged into the tree, let alone just having a full flame burning in my already dry tree. Greg, we have 30 seconds. Read the winner and then let's go. Donna says, none of those Christmas letters tell the crappy story of their lives. I would do that. Really pathetic photo of me with my cats <laughs> drinking from a bottle of wine and a long story about how my life Way to go, Donna. Congratulations, you're our winner. We'll get in touch with you to get your details. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Start. Last week, we talked to 
Red River College chef Gordon Bailey about, you know, how do you package stuff if you want to make something for somebody and bring it to them for Christmas? Well, now we want to have a follow-up conversation with the chef on festive cooking ideas for smaller groups because, you know, maybe you've been cooped up in the house with the same people for the last nine months, but now you still want to have a special dinner for Christmas with that group. But what do you do when it's just a smaller group? So we are joined now live on 680 CJOB by Red River College chef Gordon Bailey. Hello there, sir. Ho, ho, hello. How are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. I'm just waiting for this storm to hit us. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a, it's not going to be pleasant. I'm look, not looking forward to going to my dad's. No, and that high of minus 22 doesn't sound so good either. No, it does not. So I guess, you know, before we get into the, the festive I- cooking ideas for smaller groups, um, if you are cooking... For just, say, four people, like, you know, whenever our Christmas dinner was always, or not always, but in later years, it was my mom, my dad, me, and my sister. And my mom, bless her, she would make like 10 different dishes for us to choose from. So I would take like a tiny portion of each, and then I'd be stuffed. And she'd look at me and say, that's all you're going to eat? You barely touched anything. I'm like, well, you, you've made enough food to feed a village. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with uh, the holidays, right, is it's all about eating, and we make an exorbitant amount of food, and we usually have larger gatherings. We're used to having, you know, extended family over, but with this year, it's going to be households only. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to take a different perspective on the amount and maybe even what we cook for this Christmas. So let's talk about the, um, for, before we get into what we cook, Gordon, what about the uh, amount? Because you can, I think, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, most of the things that are traditionally found, at the very least, on the on the Christmas table or holiday table, the turkey, the potatoes, you can freeze most of those things if you do have too much. You can freeze most of those things without a problem. I mean, also leftovers. Whoever complains about having Christmas leftovers, you're on turkey the third day. You're having uh, meatballs still. Um, it, it's it's all good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can make large amounts, freeze them, uh, package them, pull them out for later. But quite honestly, I think it's going to be time to take a little bit of a different approach this year. So what, what do you suggest we do here, Gordon, in terms of this approach? I'm saying we get out of our box instead of like maybe doing a whole turkey. If we're only cooking for, say, four, you know, or maybe two people, there's, you know, households with just two out there. I would say, you know what, do something totally different. Do a duck. Or wait, you know what, you could also just use turkey breast you can buy those at the grocery Mm -hmm. store as well and then just do a turkey breast stuff it you know do something different with it that way or what about ground turkey you can make something totally untraditional a christmas meatloaf maybe start a new tradition with some ground turkey or turkey meatballs yeah i think there might might still be people probably feel pressure to make a turkey well it's christmas i gotta make a turkey but who says you gotta make a turkey make whatever you want and make that your family tradition Exactly. I mean, turkey is a, is a go-to for sure, but maybe you just don't have to do the whole turkey, so you don't end up with all these leftovers, right? Right, and then you can throw away that useless cranberry sauce. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what you could do? This Christmas should be even about <laughs> should be even about making some of your own things, like make your own cranberry sauce. Go back to some throwbacks of classic dishes like jellied salads, old family favorites, things like that. Jellied and favorite in the same (laughs) sentence here, Gordon. uh, Do you want to lay down on the couch here? We need to talk about this. Really? That's a favorite for some people? 
Oh, my, you know what? I used to Christmas with these people back in Prince Edward Island, and they had to have the jellied salad that the mother had made years and years in the past. It was a tradition. You know what? I grew to like it. We went there for many, many Christmases. At first, I kind of put my nose up a little bit to it, going like, come on, jellied salads? It's like still 1970s. But quite honestly, it grew on me, and it's actually pretty darn good. We all like jello. We all like fruit. Put them together. Make a jellied salad. Boom. All right. It's when weird things end up in it. I think it was the carrots I saw at one point, shaved carrots inside my jelly salad, and that's when I wondered what was going on. But you make a good point because I think this thing, this whole idea this year is to step away from maybe some of the things that we've always done traditionally, right? And so it doesn't have to be A, because there's fewer of us, the same size of meal, but maybe it can be a whole different meal altogether or at least with some varying sides. Exactly. No, I mean, that's why I say take a little twist on it this year. Um, try something that's going to be different or, or something, you know what, honestly, uh, a little twist on an old uh, family favorite or classic that you're used to just to invoke all those food memories because, you know, food triggers all those, you know, awesome memories that we have of years gone by. So, you know what, still maybe do something in that vein, but just put a little bit of your own twist on it and downsize it. What about sides? So we've, we've talked about the turkey and the, the possibilities with turkey or even duck or, as you mentioned, meatloaf. What about uh, what should we put on the side? Well, you got to have stuffing. Okay, that's a go-to, big time. No matter what you do, I think you got to make a stuffing. It doesn't have to be in the bird. You can just do an oven stuffing. Uh, I think that you definitely got to go with, you know, some gravy, of course, as a side. I think you got to go with some types of salad. Um, and I'm not talking jelly this time. I'm talking like, you know, whether it be a leaf salad, uh, you know, a type of coleslaw salad or something that uh, will just kind of, you know, go along nicely with the dishes that you're making. Uh, what are some other sides that I, I traditionally usually love? Bread pudding. Whoa, bread puddings. Boom. Mm. There's another good one, right? And these are all things, even vegetable sides, you know, do some maple glazed carrots, do some roasted root vegetables. These are all things that are actually pretty inexpensive as well. Okay, so the sides at our turkey dinner, usually meatballs, uh, pierogies, you have to have some cabbage rolls uh, at, uh, at certain people's houses. Where do you come down on the turnip, though? You, you didn't mention turnip, and, and, and I think it's a wasted exercise to, to make the turnip because so few of us actually enjoy you don't the want to turnip. Start this with it's, cu- it's because we're cooking it wrong. <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, Do, here, oh, I remember this from last year now. No, I think it was yeah. a couple of years ago, and I think I had a turnip fight with Gordon. So go yeah. ahead. Try to sell me, sell us on this one, Gordon. I know this is getting reminiscent here. I, I thought we had this conversation. Turnips rule. Turnips are a very, very good root vegetable. Delicious. I think what happens is many people just cook them wrong. What they do is they end up putting them on the stove. They boil them for three and a half hours until they just completely fall apart. They whack it with a bit of sugar. Uh, they don't even puree it nicely. It just becomes this really lumpy mass messy looking thing and it doesn't taste all that good right so if you want to make really nice turnips quite honestly two different ways make a turnip puree which is great you just sweat off the turnips cut them up into small cubes uh, add a little bit of stock or water simmer that down till uh, almost all the water's gone puree it add a little bit of butter salt pepper boom that's awesome take number two on it would be to uh, take them, cut them into you know smaller bite-sized pieces, toss them with a little bit of olive oil, sugar, salt, pepper, uh, maybe some garlic, roast them off in the oven to get nice and caramelized. Oh, delicious. Now I'm dreaming about turnips. Okay. That second option sounds a little bit more palatable to me because it feels as though people essentially treat the turnip like they're a second, uh, an orange, a lesser mashed potato. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the items that people just do 
out of tradition. They don't care to, you know, actually um, enjoy it. It's just like, well, we got to have the turnips. We've always done the turnips, and they just do them the old, boring way. So if you take a new little twist on it, do it one of the two ways I described. I'll tell you what, you're going to have turnip lovers all over Winnipeg and Manitoba. What about staggering the the dishes in, instead of serving them all at once? Uh, so is there any sort of credence to that so that you can maybe enjoy uh, more food, per se, over the course of the evening rather than just inhaling one massive helping and then you're done? You know what? That's an awesome idea. You know, if, if you just sort of space things out, um, you bring out a couple of the appetizers or sides first, mingle, chat a little bit, then get into the mains, then get into dessert. If you kind of spread it out over a few hours, A, you're going to be able to eat more. B, it's fun to have that conversation around the table. And C, you're not going to be, you know, stuffed having, I don't know, 20 different items on your plate trying to get them all, you know, sectioned off in appropriate manners. So, yeah, that's a great way to do it. Spread it out over, you know, a course of a couple hours for sure. I like how you pointed out that the work that goes into sectioning everything off, because some people will just throw it all on the plate, doesn't matter, but I kind of like to have that order, like, okay, I don't want... I don't want this touching that. Yes. Oh, I don't want these sauces mixing. Oh, uh, 100%. They're fine on their own, but you daren't touch them together on my plate. That's right. That's right. right. So, yeah, exactly. If you, if you kind of spread it out over some time, that's a really awesome way to do it. Well, for someone who didn't like, doesn't like the turnip or the cranberry sauce, I'm all in favor of mixing it all together on the plate. I feel like those tastes and flavors are supposed to basically get married and live together in perfect harmony on my plate. Oh, so. you know what? Honestly, a little bit of cranberry sauce, gravy, turkey, mashed potato, all in one bite, that is a winner right there. <laughs> Big R- time. Ruth is asking a question here, and perhaps uh, you can help us with this, Gordon. Is sure. it turnip or is it rutabaga? Are they different things? They're, they're different. There's turnip and then there's rutabaga. They're two different species. So, um, uh, you know what, if you want to go with uh, the smaller turnip, the rutabaga is like the really big one, and uh, the turnips are the smaller, sort of have almost like a white purplish color to them. Right. Uh, um, both have sort of a, a different flavor. I think rutabaga is the one that always people, you know, believe is the turnip, and that's the one we mostly have. I think rutabaga is the most common that we cook at Christmas time, uh, as opposed to the turnip. The tur- turnips are, are really nice, because they, they actually have kind of like a, a, a peppery, spicy flavor to them. Rutabaga. I've yeah, never... check it out. Rutabaga versus turnip. Okay. Oh, before we let you go, you got any dessert suggestions? Yeah, of course I do. Make a fruit cake. Do sugar plums. Fruit cake? Come on. Why? <laughs> Why not? What's wrong with fruit cake? Because <laughs> it makes a really good doorstop. Typically, <laughs> that's why. Well, I, I okay, just feel you, like maybe we've been eating all these things wrong, guys, right? Because all oh, the things he's recommending. There's a really good chance of that. Like we've either yeah. been on the receiving end of a bad recipe or of making them wrong ourselves because we've got a million listeners, Gordon, or at least several dozen right now, texting in to tell us how wrong we are about both the turnip and the jellied salad. So nice. <laughs> nice. It all comes down to us, I think. Well, if I was going to say one dessert, one dessert, a go-to for me, sticky date pudding with warm toffee sauce. Holy smokes. Oh, that's, that does sound very festive. It sounds like it something does. that would be perfect for this time of year. Well, minus 22, a nice warm pudding. Bingo, bango. Mm. You, got some, uh, you got some nice combinations there. Caramel, you can't go wrong. At dates, you must have, got, you must have had a fondness for those uh, spending time in Israel, Lorette. Dates, I've never grew a fondness for them. Right. I don't, I don't, I get, I love, you know what? The thing about Gordon is he makes me excited to try it again. So in honor of my mom, who might, would make my dad peel the turnip. Just try it. I, and I'd put it on my plate because there was so much of it. I'm going to try something new this year 
and see if I can actually make it taste good. And I'm also going to channel you, Gordon. And every time I put it on the table, I'm going to go bingo, bingo, bongo. <laughs> nice. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Honestly, you add a little sound effect to it. Sometimes it tastes better. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> Red River College chef Gordon Bailey joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you so much, chef. Always a pleasure. You know what? One last thing I got to say. The first Christmas was simple. This one can be too, everyone. Wow. Some wisdom to close the segment. Chef, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.